0: What's up, restaurant people? Welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast for episode 13, which is uh, I'm feeling pretty good about. Made a commitment to this in 2020, and we've been sticking with it. So I'm very grateful for all my guests who've been on. Hopefully you heard uh, my last one with um, Antonella and Georgie. Uh, That was certainly an entertaining podcast. Got a lot of great feedback for that. So I appreciate everyone who checked that out. Um, If you haven't, go back and check it out and um, have a laugh. It was really some some great insight from both the influencer side and from the chef uh, owner side. So I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. Uh, Also, shout out to my marketing partners, the Marketing Monks. Um, They are sponsoring this podcast and we are recording here in their studio. So, um, you know, the Marketing Monks are a group of people who our creatives in all sorts of different media, whether it's on social graphic designers, photographers, videographers, podcasters, um, everyone just kind of came together to form this group and we're building a bit of a groundswell, uh, mainly around realtors and loan officers, uh, who are looking to build their brand and it has been tremendous so far. So if you're looking to build a brand about what you do, you can find them at the marketing monks, uh, On Instagram, at the marketing monks on Instagram. So check it out. And also, if you're looking, you know, if you're a restaurant owner, you know that a lot of times the answers to, you know, what you're looking for in in any aspect of your business is often not within the four walls of your restaurant. You know, maybe you need some advice, some input on some stuff that you don't necessarily have a whole lot of experience in. Well, um, Four Turns Hospitality Consultants, um, we are a group of restaurant veterans and restaurant geeks who just have a passion for the industry and provide consulting services um, based on whatever you need. And and the best way to get started with us is with like a free 15-minute phone call. Uh, You can find the link to that in my Instagram bio. Just click uh, 15-minute phone consult and uh, we can schedule that. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And, you know, if it's just you want to have yourself be heard out on a certain topic or um, can't f- seem to figure out a way around a certain issue in your restaurant, I'm happy to spend some time with you on the phone and um, just give you my take uh, what I have done, what I've experienced. And if I have never experienced it, I'll tell you that, too, or I'll pass you off to somebody I know who has. So that's uh, at Kyle and Sarah on Instagram. Just click the link in my bio. And uh, we'll set that up. So, without uh, any further to do, let's get into episode 13. So, this is a little different. You know, um, I have Mike Knapik on, and Mike uh, was a very successful franchisee with um, Jimmy John's um, Gourmet Sandwiches. He has then sold his interest in his, uh, I think he had 14 or 15. He'll go into it here in the podcast. Um, Jimmy John's. And he is now a managing partner at a Bar Louis, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and Core Life as well of a concept, which sounds super cool, um, down in Miami called the Pedal Pub, which is basically a gigantic uh, bike that has a bar on it. And you can play music and uh, just looks like a good time. And Mike is 30 years of, of experience in the restaurant franchisee space. Um, he has a real... Strong um, belief in developing and, and promoting talented employees um, within his organization. Um, he has a lot of passion and a lot of heart for what he does, and he is very skillful in expressing ways that you can, you know, take some stuff that he, that he says and really put into your business. In this episode, so check it out. Uh, Hopefully, there are some takeaways for you, and always uh, hit me up on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the show, and if you really love the show and you really really feel like being a a good friend of the show, my only ask is that you um, share it with some fellow restaurateurs. so um, you can share it any which way you like. You can verbally share it. You can text it to them. You can share it to them on Instagram. I'm not picky. Just asking you to share it, spread the word, and um, hopefully we get more of a groundswell here. Um, We have some great guests in the next couple weeks, and we're going to be taking the show on the road for a couple uh, episodes in March and in May. So look forward to that. But here it is, episode 13 with Mike Knappick. Thanks, guys. All right, so then, this is going to be weird, so we're recording now, but we have already been talking for two and a half hours.
1: I've been talking for about two and a half
0: hours. (laughs) And I was like, we ran to the studio just to say, hey, let's just get going. So, um, Mike, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, so at least... We know who we're talking to. I'm
1: Mike Napick. I am a, I guess you would call almost like a serial entrepreneur. In that, um, we've, uh, my brother and I have kind of created our own little uh, industry kind of world where we, uh, we've done Jimmy John's and Dunkin' Donuts, Bar Louie, Pedal Pub, Core Life, um, and we kind of just um, over the last 20 years put together. Uh, a family business that employs 800 people <laughs> and does about $30 million of business and, and what was kind of cool is how we kind of got that started was um, uh, when we were going to start the journey in the food business, mm-hmm. um, I would reached out to my uh, dad because uh, I was in insurance before and insurance is um, not as big on the front end but you get the residuals and that's where your money really comes in. Right. So it's like I didn't have a bank of cash because I knew it was stuff that was going to come over 10 years. Right. Go to my dad, I go, Dad, we need some money. We got to, my, my brother and I are gonna do this Jimmy Johns thing. And he you he goes, You have a you have a rich drunk aunt living down in Atlanta. You've never met her, she has no idea who you are, she's worth about five million dollars and I'll hook you up with her. He uh Hit her up. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs>
0: Leave me out of this.
1: So he um he makes an introduction. I call her up, I say Hey, this is who I am. She goes, I've known your dad since we were five years old and um I said I'd love to come down and visit and just kind of present something to you. Uh, my problem was, this, I landed in landed like at nine in the morning and I had a flat at three. So I had this window of like, I need to close the deal. ABC, oh, I to close this deal. And how old night. were you? So this would have been probably, I was probably 36 at the time, 37. Okay. And uh I found out she likes Canadian club. I found out that she's a shit faced drunk by noon. So I knew that, okay, now my window is even smaller because i, mm. I got to get to her house and I have about two hours of land. And it wasn't going to go. gonna
0: cost you too much either. That Canadian club doesn't, yeah, no, does break the bank.
1: So <laughs> I flew home with a check for $150,000. Never met her in my life before that. I didn't sell her Jimmy Giants. I sold her... You. Me. Right. And I, 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 I created an environment where she felt comfortable with, with what I brought to the table and we turned that 150 grand into 300 dollars uh, in sales we um, actually we you knew could buy we Canadian club now <laughs> we knew we didn't want her for the long term because we knew okay she's going to be 50 for, percent of this huge yeah. thing and she did nothing other than hand us money so uh, 2 years later we handed her 600,000. She the best return you could ever imagine. Here's 150 grand I'm going to hand you 600 grand back into Well she had
0: just sitting in the bank anyway.
1: Absolutely. And we did it just because we wanted her not to be holding us back or, or, or creating an issue. Right. And, um, so we made her a, a good deal, and she walked away. And from that, we just kind of blew it up. So
0: So she's no longer involved. She cashed out. And has she been clawing to get her back in, or is she good? No,
1: I mean, she, she passed away. I mean, she, I oh, mean, she, okay. she, she was me. a good person, but, I mean, she was... She just enjoyed,
0: yeah, right. She enjoyed her world. Look, like we provided a return good for her, and, and, yeah, exactly. She,
1: she believed in us, and, and, and that created an opportunity for us to. It's changed not only my life but um, our family's life. It's a family business. My dad drives out every morning, picks up the deposits, and does change orders. My mom does the books. My brother's my partner, even at this scale. Uh, even at this scale, um, my son is um, my partner down in Miami with P- Petal Pub. Um, almost everybody that I have working with me as as a partner today started out as an employee, a dishwasher, a, a, a Jimmy John's delivery driver. Um, one of the guys literally started out as our, our dishwasher on Friday and Saturday nights at Bar Louie, and today now he's our director of operation, making a hundred plus thousand dollars a year with full benefits, and and he's a guy who never should have ever been in the position that he is, but right. he, he got there because. We Created an environment and, and an experience for someone who had game and just didn't have whether it's the resume or the tool, yeah. Tool you didn't go to boxes. Stanford or, yeah, right, right, exactly. And 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 someone gave him the stuff and got out of his way and provided an opportunity, and and it's it's changed his life and it's changed our life.
0: I'll, I'll say this I think most. Uh, restaurant owners or entrepreneurs, for sure, are familiar with having to speak to a family member for money. And I know you. I mean, it sounds like you haven't had to have that, the downside conversation with them, like, "Hey, sorry, I, fire, I'm not able to fire pay you back." Member. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. That's a real thing. But it, to, just because we spoke before, I know a little bit about this. That the story you're telling about the the dishwasher who's now the director of operations. I mean, that's really a tribute to what like your experience, right? I mean, that, that's sort of where you came from and to where you got was not the traditional path.
1: Well that's why I think I have an affinity and an attraction, not to that person that just needs a hand, but, but to, to recognize those individuals as somebody you'd recognized in me. Right. And I also recognize within myself that mm. um, you don't have to have that resume. You don't have to have those things. And, and if you focus your energy and time, you know, winning, winning is a lifestyle. Winning is how you brush your teeth. It's how you make your bed. It's, it's, it's how you put your dishes away when you're done. Yeah, You know, it's, it's you have a glass, instead of just sticking it in the sink and waiting for someone to stick it in the dishwasher, you, you rinse it and you put it in the dishwasher. Yeah. And it's like, winning is a lifestyle and there are people who have that. It's just a matter of them having somebody that people did to me, yeah. give me some direction and tools and, and support and leadership and empower me to allow the things that I'm really good at, and that then it's now my responsibility to do that with the people around us, and that allowed us to grow. I mean, we ran our business as a as a people development business mm-hmm. that just happened to at Bar Louis pour uh, uh, a Captain and Coke or a Dunkin'. We make a, a coffee or a donut for them, or Jimmy John's making a sandwich, or in Pedal Pub creating a great you know hour and a half tourism All experience. Right. We recognize that our ability to give fantastic customer service to the person who is handing us a dollar in exchange for a product or a right, service, right. that we had to take the investment into the people who were actually working for us. And we looked at our employees or our, 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 our people that work with us as as the most important customer because in exchange for a, a, a fee that I'm paying them, they're giving me a service. Yeah, and, right. if, and if we we, we invested there... The investment ultimately to that other customer. And this doesn't matter whether you're a law firm, an accounting firm, mm-hmm. you're selling pharmaceutical drugs or, or you're running a sandwich shop.
0: Right.
1: The most important person in your organization ultimately is the people that you surround yourself with. The people who are your bosses, the people who are your subordinates, the people who are your peers. Yeah. And if that environment is healthy, that's where the problem is. And I
0: think that's, you know what, to be honest, I mean, that is everybody owns a restaurant should rewind that and uh, write it down because, I mean, you know how many restaurants are run... They're run like, you know, on but, the Iron Fist. But
1: the problem that they have is they're so fearful of giving up control and, and, and allow... You know, I recognized very early on that the, the leaders that I was attracted to were people that they felt comfortable being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They felt comfortable allowing people to take things off their plate. so so many yeah. people are controlling they don't want to uh, empower you know if every single day as a as a boss you put yourself in a position that you give the employee or your your, your, your person you're working with the opportunity to um be the best that they can be yep it's going to come back to you and it's just going to be a huge win because now it's like you've duplicated yourself and and people who don't get that are people who don't trust in giving up they're afraid if i give up too much of my stuff my boss is going to take it's it's, i always tell my employees guys make yourself so valuable that they have to do something with you right
0: but i mean it does it does come from fear because you know a lot of these guys have whether it's a chef or an operator um they they create yeah they want to be in charge it's their name on the door little quite literally sometimes their name on the door but yeah how else do you grow you can't scale well, you yourself. Can't, you
1: can't be there all the time. So what's going to happen when you're not there? And then people have to make decisions. And if they're yeah. afraid to make a decision yeah. or or they're not given the opportunity to make a decision, they're going to make a bad decision.
0: Yeah. right.
1: I'd rather a person make a decision, have it be the wrong one, and we figure out how to do it better next time right. than for them to go, wait a minute. i got a customer issue. I'm not going to do anything. As right. compared, let's solve it. And if you made the wrong one, let's figure out how we can do it better mm-hmm. next time. Yeah, right. And now that person who works for you feels like... Wow, this is this is a place I want to work at. Well,
0: that resonates with me because I, I'm definitely. I mean, you could tell me the stove is hot, but I'm going to find out for myself right. how hot it really is, and if I could take it. So, but I mean, that's another great point because letting these. I say kids, just because I don't know, because now I'm 43, I feel like everybody's kids, and that's just the way it is. But a lot of kids in these restaurants are afraid to make a mistake. Yep. They're being told to stay in their lane and do whatever. But we spoke before. A lot of this has to go back to hiring the personality. Like you don't care that if you worked at. 12 other restaurants, and you were a GM, and you controlled X amount of dollars in your F&B budget, can you communicate with me? Can you hold the conversation? Are you a problem solver? Are you, Do I want
1: to go out and have a beer with you? Yeah, right. Would I bring, do I like you? Would I invite you into my home? And I don't care what you physically look like, or where you came from, or, right. or who you do anything with. Is If you and I connect, I want you working for me. And, and, right. you, and, and I can, you know, it's like, there's so many times... Um, pro teams oftentimes or even in like a college looking at a high school prospect they're recruiting an athlete yeah they can teach them the skills of the game but you can't teach drive and desire and energy and enthusiasm and, and and all those things because you could take that athlete and ha- that or that employee that has that stuff And you teach them how to do inventory. You could teach them how to manage labor. Mm -hmm. You could teach them how to manage food costs. You could teach them how to be a great customer service person. What you can't teach is diving for the ball. Yeah, right. You can't teach the excellence reflex. I've heard that that call before. Why a Brett Favre, who necessarily might not be the most gifted quarterback, but he understands what it takes to make the people around him better, and that's what a true leader is. Yeah, and that's and they feel comfortable in their skin, not taking. So many people confuse recognition of success from rec- from actual success. Right, right, right. Oh, look at my press clippings. Look at I was number one. In the yeah, it's like, dude, that doesn't mean
0: no anything. No, nothing.
1: It's it's success from comes from what have you done for the people around you? Yeah,
0: and so many people don't they don't, don't see to. that. No, they don't, and because they they want it all to come to them, but they don't realize that in the long run, it does come back to it you. Sure and does. I think you, that's. You know, it
1: costs you more money and time later on by not making that investment in your people. Yeah. You'll end up spending more money long term chasing that perfect employee and chasing that chasing that perfect resume. Right. When oftentimes you have great people around you, you just need to develop them.
0: So, I mean, is it is it finding people with these intangibles, or is it just a gut feeling? What are some characteristics? It, that Can you write down on paper like five characteristics that you're looking for in somebody, or do you really need to sit down and have a beer with them?
1: I want to look in their eyes. I want to see the way that the body posture is. I want to see that, you know, do they ask me questions? Do they want to know about me? You know, what do just that to me is, I don't, I believe you can write down some traits that I'm looking for. Yeah, right. But man, everybody's going to bring a different combination of yeah. you know, five traits and they might only be good at one. And then it's like, hey, that's exactly what I need for someone to do this yeah. responsibility. So you know, a resume is, is, is great. It does show some historical um, tendencies and successes or losses. People erased. like you enough
0: to hold a job for a period of time. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but ultimately, you're going into partnership. You're becoming married to that person.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and so I, you look at relationships. I, I'm looking to hire and develop a relationship with a person. I'm not looking for an employee. Right. Yeah. Um, and... and 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 you're going to be spending
0: more time with these people in a lot of instances than you are with your own family. So, I mean, that makes sense. Well,
1: I mean, what you're also doing is you're also teaching how to be a great leader because when you do that, when you treat the people right around you, what's going to happen is that when they get into a situation, based on how you responded, they're going to start doing that. And it ends up being a thing that just spreads throughout your organization. Right. I mean...
0: Because most people want to fall in line. They want to fall. So if that culture's coming from the top of that, this is how we react. It always
1: comes from the top. Yeah. I, mean, you get, I, I remember I was talking... This is really interesting. I was talking with a CEO. I played golf. I just got dropped into this foursome with the CEO. And I said, man, what's, what's the one, what's your, your mission statement? What's yeah, the right. thing? It's like, oh, it's the customer. I, we, everything we do about a customer. I said, bull. You know, what was the last? You haven't talked to a freaking customer in 15 years. Yeah. I go, your job? is to manage and provide leadership to the people who are providing management and leadership to the people who are managing leadership people to the person that's dealing with the customer. But that's
0: an old school philosophy, what he's talking about, right? I mean, he's leading.
1: Dude, you know, what your responsibility is to make sure that this person gets that mission statement and it feels all the way down, and that this person who's actually dealing with with the customer really has the same belief system that they do have at the very top, or that mission statement. I can guarantee you talk to most employees at a business, ask them what the mission statement is of their business, and they have no freaking idea. No idea. Because it's not a cultural thing that they feel that, they're just a cog in the wheel. I'm filling a spot.
0: Yeah, right. And I I mean, in some ways, he probably didn't realize that that's, maybe he was doing that, but that really is the customer. It's a backwards look at the customer first perspective, yeah. And I know like Danny Meyer, we spoke about earlier, he... You know, they flip that pyramid upside down. puts the the employees at the top, the vendors and everybody else in the middle, and the, the, the stakeholders are at the bottom. Because if everybody above us is taken care of, that means you're taking care of, if we're not, and if they're, you're not being taken care of, then we're doing something wrong up here. Right. So, so how did you even get started? This? What's your background? Where were you from? We're going. I know we started a little bit.
1: You know, background for me. I mean, if you know, I'm not going go to go the academic place because mm-hmm. academically, uh, come on, it was not. <laughs> A couple of things, I and mean, it was just—it it wasn't important to me, right? And I and and, and I take full responsibility because I wish I could look back and, and said I needed to invest more time into it. But I also wasn't very good at certain things, like no. in that area. So I I I invested most of my time in. I was an athlete. I played four sports in high school. Um, I went to a school that had seven thousand kids. You had three kids to a locker. Um, oh my baseball God. team freshman year tryout there was 400 freshman boys that tried out for the baseball it was team. a regional high school regional no school? it's just the Chicago public schools Shh. I did graduate in the top 1200 out of 1300 mm. so I'm just you know, I was just, you know You're whatever, the whatever. don't laugh you You're, know? The, right. You're I'm, the I'm guy not going to tell, tell you, you bully my story me. no I'll tell yeah. you right now I remember you at lunch
0: I never I <laughs> never wanted to do a lick of anything I never wanted to do work I made it really hard on myself and to be honest with you, I should have done better. It was just the lack of effort. I wasn't interested in it. I had a million other things I was interested in. But I, I was fortunate enough that if I, when I had to do it, I could do it really well. But I was not by any means a good student.
1: But going back to what you asked, kind of we're, we're, what, what makes me up, i got to tell you, the, the coaches that I had in my life were probably the most um, influential on me. Oh, I agree. Because that was a world that I experienced. I succeeded in. Um, it was a world where um, I did have success. It was a world where um, uh, I felt valued, and, and the coaches that did a really good job of um, giving me the opportunity to not be the best athlete on the field, but know that I was the right guy in the right spot. Um, they taught me more lessons. They taught me about life. The coaches that did the best were teaching me about life yes we were learning a sport and playing a sport um, but those people had the greatest impact on me and those are so many of the analogies, so many of the lessons that I teach today are, are based off of a, an athletic kind of point of view yeah same but, but it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be athletics it could have been you were really good at forensics which is like speaking or you could be right. really great at band it was you know, whether it was your band instructor or the person who was your, your um, speaking instructor or was your coach. yeah, um, Those lessons, and the thing is, it's funny, is you look back and I remember I was probably 35 years old and there was something that happened to me and all of a sudden I, I hear my old coach and going, oh my gosh, that's what he was teaching me. And I didn't yeah. get it at the time when you're 17 and you think your shit doesn't stink. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something that he was talking to us about or why we lost or why we won or why something happened. You're like, oh my gosh, I get it, and I'm now implementing it. And I didn't even know it. Yeah, but uh, he was teaching it, and so I've coached a ton. I kept. I've coached little league. I'm a big brother, right? And I do those things because maybe I can have that same impact that one of my coaches had on me. Yeah, with that. Score, That's a great point. skull full mush. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly You're- what I, I mean, I'm a. F- I'm a 12-year-old trapped in a 54-year-old's body. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. um, so the same things that they love, I love. Yeah, right. It's and just, that's I've, I've been kicked in the yin-yang a couple hey, times. Yeah, and, that's
0: the, and that's the value to share these guys. And I'll tell you, like I grew up playing sports too, and it was in college where it was really – I had a coach in high school that I hated at the time who actually I've come to realize taught me most of what I've learned. and I actually wrote him a thank you note years later. But it's a, I'll talk about that in a second. I was in college, and the guy, one of my coaches was like – I had busted my ass to be to make it to be a starter my junior year in college, and um, I did. I followed the training program to a T. I did well in school. I was doing everything right, and we were in this defense where we were constantly rotating me and another guy out. So I felt like I always had to prove myself. We all had to prove to figure out you know third game of the season. We have six more games. Some one of us going to win out here, and um, it was just kind of a head to head thing. And we both had different skill sets that were valuable, but I didn't realize that at the time. And we were in our walkthroughs the day before a game. And you know, you're not, this is starting right. defense, we're starting offense. You're not supposed to touch anybody. You're not supposed to pick anybody off. You're not supposed to do anything. Well, I did. I was pissed off and I was arrogant. And I picked off our starting wide receiver. I knocked him to the ground and I ran all the way back. The coach grabbed me from the 30 yard line, pushed my face mask against my face, walked me all the way back against the goalpost, and was screaming at me, You don't ever do that. And I was screaming back at him. You don't pay attention to me. You don't do it. He goes, when I stop screaming at you, that's when you should be concerned. And that, I try to teach that lesson in more or less the same, in that same framework to my stepdaughter, to people who have worked for me and just say, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I don't, I don't think that you're good enough. I'm doing this because I know that you're better. And I think that's an important lesson for people to realize because they'll either get stuck saying, I'm not good enough. He's always yelling at me, blah, blah, blah. And they give up but they don't yeah. ever really push through and realize right. that maybe somebody's trying to connect with you. And that could be a little bit of the teacher too, but yeah. to, to your point, that's, a, that is, that's another
1: important lesson. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you don't realize how much folks are teaching you early on in your life until you get older. And you look back and go, man, yeah. right on.
0: Oh, my God. My, my head football coach in college was very rough on me. He was very gentle but rough and would be very stern. Um, but this, like, this guy was our defensive coordinator, and he, right in front of everybody, 100 guys on the team, grab me by my face back and and look and sometimes you need that
1: well i I guess i responded to the coaches that um provided firm redirection to me let's put it that way i was i he i wasn't the guy that you put the hand on the shoulder said son you know something going on at home it's like Mm. no (laughs) okay we're gonna have an issue here and this is how we're gonna deal with it yeah I, i responded well to firm um, yeah. Direction. So, but
0: but now that in that regard, though, you're saying though almost a little bit of the opposite in that you, you want to provide that same direction but a little bit more kid gloves personal approach.
1: No, ab- absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. Um, you, you know, just like any um athlete, uh, a coach, a, a good coach has to recognize who do you push and who do you not. Yeah. Right. When 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 do you pull? When do you not? You know? Mm. Um, I, I know that the coaches that coached me coached me very differently. Um, then, then they might have coached other guys who were on the team who were just as good as me who were, were getting the job done but we were going to respond differently you know yeah. you, you 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 manage as a group but you provide leadership on an individual basis right. you know so the leadership that was necessary that's for, a good quote. for me was um, uh, it's going to cost you 20 bucks I nah, got business. it so I'm been Venmo this, but, <laughs> but that's why it's like I recognize that in going. let's go back to the interview when you're hiring a person I don't want to just look at what's on paper. I want to find out what that person's all made about and how they're going to respond. Yeah. So some people it's going to be you're grabbing their face masks and, and you ramming them up against yeah. goal posts. And other people it's going to be, hey, you know, I, I, I listened to a presentation one time um, where a guy was kind of using almost the same analogy where um, he, he, it was the same thing. A, a coach was responding differently and he's like, why, like you said, why are you treating me this way? Because... That's what you need. Yeah, You know, and a good leader recognizes when to step on a neck and when not to. And yeah. I've never been verbally abusive. You know, nobody can ever classify me as bullying, but I'm going to call a person out when it's right and how you do it. Sometimes you have to raise a voice and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And you can get the same message across. Yeah. You just have to know who needs a hug. Yeah. And who needs...
0: Is that reverse engineering somebody what it is? I mean, I remember somebody was like a business mentor um, to me who said... Look, you gotta realize if the same thing keeps happening to you, it's probably you. And I thought and I was like, Whoa, well yeah. that was like the first you know, when you get involved in this entrepreneur thing, you rely heavily on yourself and maybe what you can glean from some other relationships or YouTube or books or other podcasts and um I was like, Well, hey right, it's not it's not me it's
1: not them. It's me. It's not the five guys I have the same problem with. It's, it's me. So Well the hardest person to provide leadership to is yourself. Yeah. Because, you're, you know, you're going to be your hardest critic. Yeah, you're going to internally uh, have uh, the greatest celebration for your wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Nobody's going to celebrate your wins more than you. No, that's okay. That's okay. Nobody's going to carry the defeats like you do. Mm-hmm. That's how you manage those, you know. So, and 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 how you then also show to the people around you how you manage wins and losses. You know, when you're a father, you know. Leadership or, or mentorship doesn't stop when you go to work and, or start when you go to work and when you come home. It's the way you treat your family. It's the way you deal with your, your church. It's the way you deal with your friends. It's the way you deal with your peers and your golf buddies and all the people in your life. The way you treat people is is, yeah, is consistent, it's consistent all the way around. Yeah. So it's not like you can turn it on or off. Right. It, and it's also something that has to be worked on. You don't just wake up one morning, you know, you don't you don't uh, microwave leaders. You right. don't microwave great people who are really good with leader, uh, with with relationships. You crockpot pot it, right. and you constantly have to be stirring it and you work it, and you never ever really get to the end. I mean, right. it's 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 a slow marinade to get to where you get, um, but it's not a I'll, you know you've heard this. It's not a goal. It's it's, it's leadership and, and and relationships is a destination it never ends you're gonna be doing it for the rest of your life yeah
0: and you have to embrace it i think you know part of that is you know so much particularly in the restaurant business is now 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 we need to, we need to host this with a personality now we need we need a manager here to take care of this stuff now right you know now is often too late yes you know you didn't spend enough time you know you got to always be hiring on the lookout for these people and you know particularly now with there's so many other jobs. I was reading like the gig economy, where people can have an app on their phone where they're delivering for Uber, or they're running stuff for Postmates, or they're a dog sitter. That's or they're whatever. The the Uberization of everything on the phone has now cut into the restaurant business because these kids they are like, why we am got, I going to go we, wash dishes we for got ten dollars now?
1: Because of that, because they own the delivery world now. Everybody delivers.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's a side note. But did
0: Jimmy John's does their own delivery,
1: or you guys have to you rely on third parties? You went back five years ago. The only people a business or a person sitting at home could order and have something delivered to them would have been Jimmy John's or pizza. We were the only people. We hmm. own that world. Today I can sit on my house, get on my phone, I can have Taco Bell delivered to me. I mean, yeah. And you guys have Postmates me. out there? Um, Grubhub, uh, Uber Eats, Dine-In, DoorDash. Well, po- Postmates you know, like, will
0: pick up beer for you. They'll pick up any, They'll pick up your dry cleaning. Well, that's also the problem of society should, today yeah. is
1: you don't have to do anything. That has that, that created in an environment where... <sighs> everything is on demand immediately
0: but those kids are taking those jobs because they can sit at home do whatever they want and you know what else to turn that way and not to bring this about commercial real estate but residential real estate there are companies there now where you want to be a broker or you want to be this job where, or an agent rather in residential where you can just sit at home and say okay what did you want what do you want to do You're like well I want to focus on rentals in in these five neighborhoods okay so you wake up in the morning have your coffee you turn on the app and you say you know what I'm ready and if somebody says, "Hey, I want to go see a rental apartments area," you'll get a ping and you go do it. But the interesting thing about that is, it's all cutting into the workforce for the restaurants because those kids, why am I going to go? I'm going to go wash dishes for ten dollars an hour. I can sit on my ass here and then I can
1: go make five deliveries, and make two hundred bucks. Well, you now have businesses even in the QSR world that um, Jimmy John's has done it. They don't have a storefront. Yes, we, we simply have a health-inspected pr- uh, room that has been you know, approved by everything. We have a cooler. We have a couple cold tables. Yeah, the ghost kitchens, yeah. Use, and we just blast stuff out and we never have to see the customer other than we're, ju- we're getting a, something that prints off of. That didn't exist.
0: But that's I, a different customer, I think, too. So it should be. If it's, if it's cutting into your existing business, it's a problem. But the, that person who will order certain types of food to be delivered, they're either just lazy they're stoned on their couch. They don't want to drive their car, but you know, and, and some of them are, are like us here. We might but order lunch or f three. It is, it from is a
1: convenience that is really for sure kind of nice. I mean, if you're you're in a, you, you work in a business and hey, we're going to have a client, you know, clients coming in or or you know, customers or whatever it happens to be, or, or a, a vendor. Man, it's so easy to just go on your phone. You can order now. You don't have to even call. call oh my god! I mean, like we sure.
0: don't have to leave this chair to order lunch and sure. to get a car ride to the airport if we had to. Right. So. What's your day-to-day now? Well, How do you fulfill your or fill your days up?
1: Um, I work really hard for two, three hours. <laughs> you know, I, 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 my problem is I'm, I'm the managing partner for multiple businesses. Right. You know, so I'm kind of... There's a lot of balls up in the air for me all the time. Um, I love it. I yeah. love... You know, I like... Um, I, I'm I, I'm attracted to um, chaos. You're attracted to the game. I'm attracted to the, to the to the win and the hunt and the chase and and so um, that's why I I've, you know that's why we're sitting here you know I'm, I'm I know that there's time that I can I can invest in um, passing my message off on mm-hmm. other people so it's like so I I invest a lot of my time right now almost as a student um, no. every single day I commit. A minimum of an hour to two hours where I am watching somebody teach something online. And I'm talking about in the world of relationships and leadership because um, it adds to then my toolbox of stuff. Right. Um, because, you know, if you're not constantly learning, you know, you're, you're stuck kind of with the stuff that you have. Yeah. And, and, and your shit does think You're not that good. You can always get better. Right. Um, so um, I've be- really become, I've almost gone back to the... the the, the College of Mike Knappick and the mm-hmm. College of Mike Knappick is, is looking for people like I've had in my past, my job, my employers, my coaches. Because you don't have – when you work for yourself, you don't have an employer. You don't have a coach anymore necessarily. That's another
0: good point. That that, that motivation it's, to get to that point is not
1: easy. Right. So what you have to do is then you have to actually invest in yourself and make it a conscious part of your life where every single day your – I'm a, I'm a product of John Maxwell. John Maxwell is one of those just leadership kind of you know guys, and mm-hmm. he's done his thing for 30 years. He has a daily thing called The Minute with Maxwell. Every single morning, by the time you wake up, there's there's a, an email that comes to you, click on it, and it's one minute. It's, it's you know, those you know, people do this. You know? Yeah, right. And, and he picks a word, and he just expands on it every single day, and it's like, okay, how am I gonna apply that to my life today? How am I gonna use that word somewhere in my interaction with the people around me? Mm-hmm. If you're doing that every day, you're always going to be going in the right direction and getting better. And it also starts you off with energy and momentum. And because sometimes you wake up and you don't want to go to work. I don't give a damn how good your situation yeah. is. But you need to jumpstart yourself. And that I think that's where a lot of people in the restaurant and, and, and uh, um, entrepreneurs fail because you don't have a boss. You don't have a time schedule that's set or a project that somebody else is telling you what they have to do. You have to wake up every morning and create your own yeah. timetable. You have to create your own itinerary. You have to put your own schedule together, and you have to fill it up with stuff. And 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 if you then invest in yourself, what I found is you're going to have your emails and your phone calls and all the other stuff, the minutia of working. But you need to carve out a, a, a fifth or a quarter of your time to your personal development, and then you have to develop. Uh, you have to spend a quarter of your time solely developing the people around you. So when I was at, when well, you started with Jimmy John's, I would sit every single day, I would pick one person and we would just, I would just be with, right next to that person. And everything they did, I did together. We did it together. But we were doing more than just doing whatever we were doing. We were all talking. We were having a life conversation. Yeah. Where do you come from? What do you do? And you learn about that person. You learn about their passion. A
0: different perspective, And yeah. you
1: find out somebody that you might never have ever thought might have been a, a, a possible Leader within your organization, you're like, oh my gosh, this person has everything that I want. Yeah, yeah. But you'll never find that out if you're not having those conversations with the people. That, and I'm not talking about, hey, how is your kid's ball game? It's like, do you really know the name of that kid?
0: Yeah, right. You know? You have, you have know? to care. You, do, because if you're not authentic, you, it's worse. You
1: have to care. So yeah. it's like, that's why it's like my day now consists of I'm spending less time with the people because we've reduced our, our organization. We, we sold our Jimmy Johns. But it's it's a quarter of my day is devoted to me. A uh, half of my day is just devoted to the things I need to get done to make sure everybody has what they need. Mm-hmm. And the other, you know, the quarter of it is is finding somebody who is within my organization that I am I am raising their lid. I mean, everybody has a lid in life, you know, and and some people cap out just because the skills that they had when they were born just only provide the opportunity right. for them to only get to that spot. But but. But what are we doing to raise our lid every day, to, uh, to increase our level of ability every day with all of our relationships, and what are we doing to raise the lid of the people around us? And when you do that, it ends up becoming this momentum thing that then they buy into it, and then you develop them to be able to develop the people around them, and next thing you know, you have an organization that can just explode, and now you could actually pull yourself back and go, look back and go, oh my gosh, look at this thing that we've created. And all you did was invest time in your people.
0: So what are, some, what are some like real, what's something like tactical, what's something that somebody can take from this conversation and start doing? If they run their own restaurant group, what is something that they can do on a consistent basis that they can take from this
1: podcast and to put into practice this afternoon? Stay on the floor. Yeah. Don't get tied up. Don't get lost in the office. Don't get lost on your phone. Don't get lost on the computer. Stay on the floor. Up until we sold our Jimmy John's. I'm running a $30 million business with 800 employees that 200 years didn't exist before that. Every single day I was a delivery driver. I would do, I, Every single one of my stores by seven o'clock that were in my area, I had five Jimmy John's, I had three Dunkin' Donuts. I'd walk into every single one of those stores prior to seven o'clock in the morning, which is five o'clock I'm up. I'd go to those GM's, who needs a driver today? Where are we hurting? Or hey, do you have a driver that I can work with? I'm running a major business and from 10:30 to a, to 1:30 every single day. I'm in a uniform, I'm driving my car around, I'm taking all the tips that I make, I'm handing them back to my drivers, but I'm working with my people so many times we get too far away from what we what we did in the beginning to get us to where we get. Right. And we start eating better, we start driving better cars, we forget forget what it was like to drive around a 72 Battleship Grey Vega that you're jump-push-starting in a parking lot and realizing, you know, what's it like for those people who work for me Yeah, that are jump-starting their car in the parking lot and not having empathy for them? Because if you don't have empathy for your people, that doesn't mean you have to take all the problems away, but... If your people don't feel that you have empathy for them, they're not gonna go that extra mile when you need it. So no. so um I think the the greatest I've seen people who are entrepreneurs who have fantastic products, they have a market that needs it. They have everything that they need, but they can't grow their business because they don't invest in the people around them and then they end up failing and they can't figure out why and they had everything they going for them. Yeah. But they just didn't invest in them. They weren't raising the lid of themselves and they weren't raising the lid of the people around them. So I believe the success is still having the people know that work for you, that you could jump in at any spot on that, in that, on that job site.
0: Now, uh, what you about could, the people who have this excuse, Ready? I don't have time. I don't have time to do I don't have time to talk to the dishwasher and do it every day. I'm run,
1: trying to run five restaurants. Again, it's duplicating yourself. So if you're really making, obviously the majority of the investment that you're going to have are going to be in that direct report that right. you around you Yeah. If you invest properly with them and raise their lid up, they're gonna be extensions of you. So you're gonna be speaking. Again, most of my partners today, they speak, not me. They just took the message that I presented to them, formed that around their personal experiences and they're able to apply that. So I can be several people removed from that dishwasher, but the message and the culture that we create here Is felt here because of the people in between, and 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 you surround yourself with people who buy into your vision. Yeah, and the vision isn't my vision; it's the vision of just.
0: But the threads are the same. Exactly, it's the same fabric. You
1: can still get. I mean, that got scary for me. I you're going from three stores where my brother and I could be in every single one of them to be in thirty stores where you physically had thirty brick and mortar locations. How do you do it? It's impossible. But we didn't have to because we had the right people in the right place mm. they felt comfortable in that we took care of them and they took care of the people around us and how do you become a, a franchisee of the year for two national brands to become a franchisee of the year for a, a brand is is a phenomenal experience because if, yeah you know if, if 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 you're a mcdonald's and they have fifteen thousand uh, um mcdonald's and you become franchisee of the year you're not only recognized by your peers, but you're recognized by the you know the franchisor that you got some stuff going on. Yeah, we were franchise of the year for two operations, Jimmy John's and Bar Louie, and it's not because we were something special. It's just corporate and our peers recognize that we're in an environment that is is we we represent the brand, we represent our customers, we mm-hmm. represent our employees the way that you would want to do it, and that doesn't make. A special. It just, we recognized those were more important than the bottom line. My brother and I never really cared early on about the numbers at the bottom. It hmm. really didn't matter to us because if we it's didn't take care of too. the customers and we didn't take care of our employees, who are also our customers, we were never going to make money anyway. So why were you know? So I, I, we we had some partners that came into us at Duncan. And all they ever did was they looked at the number and they drove the balance, the income statement from the bottom. So it's like, oh, if I need to get, I have to have this 12% return. If I have to have this 12% return and my sales stay stagnant, where am I cutting? Man, Andy and I ran it from managing food and labor. Those were the two big components in our world. Other industries. Right, right, right. So what we call that is, our, that was our prime cost. Yep. If we manage these and we manage the people properly and we manage food properly, the bottom number will take care of itself because yeah, right. those two things will also drive sales. When you give great customer service, people come back more. Yep. They will spend more money. All of a sudden, this number's gone up. These numbers have gone down. And your 12% is not 12%. It's 18%. We were so much more profitable than a, so many of the other Jimmy John's franchisees or whatever because of the way we looked at the income statement, not from the bottom, right, but from those components in between. If we manage those properly, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. That's so opposite, like you said, to the way that most businesses run their business. They all,
0: in particular, franchisees, because they they, they're they're giving a lot of those guys get involved with the franchise because it's templated for them. See,
1: it's this it's this it's the major corporations. They're tied to their shareholders. Yeah, right. Everything is about. What is my dividend? What is my return? You know, if that, if on a quarterly basis, you don't hit those projections, the stock price goes down. They're running it based on what, how much the shareholders are making money rather than what are they doing to...
0: Yeah, well, because that's the hard work, right? I mean, that's the real, and some people are not so great on those interpersonal skills. I mean, it doesn't say like I started to say before about a lot of people get involved with, with franchises because... They give you the binder
1: essentially. Like, here's what you're gonna do. They give you. They but give you a your... template. They give you a guidelines. They give you a systems and procedures. All right. But
0: well, they don't tell you that you should be the delivery guy for any one of your stores all no, the time. I and mean, they don't tell you that you should know that their kid's batting fourth on a little league team now. And they don't. They don't tell you that stuff. No, that stuff don't. is. That's the value that you provide, and that's probably the key to your success, I mean, in my. And guess.
1: that's why Andy and I, my brother and I, got into to franchising because we knew we had the things. That if we simply had a system that we could plug into, that's why we've never done anything outside of franchising. And I'm not saying that we couldn't, right? We can, right? But the reason we stuck with franchises is they have a template, a proven model that works, right? Then all we had to do is just learn their systems of procedure and just wrap it in and the, then apply yep. it to the values and the culture that we were to create in our employee world, yeah. And then when you merge those two together, we'd be success, successful. So that's why franchising was real easy for us because I didn't have to come up with a menu. I didn't have to come up with marketing. I didn't I didn't have to think. I had to execute. Yeah. My coach gave me a playbook, said, learn these plays and then throw your passion behind it. Yeah. You're in the right place when you need to and you're going to make the play. Well, that's the, that's the key ingredient is the passion, right? That's, I mean, what, like, like, yeah, that's yeah. what a great defensive coordinator does is he takes the athlete, teaches them the playbook, and lets them go out and do what they're good at. And that's hitting someone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know, how much, you, how much TV you get to watch. But I happen to catch because somebody told me I'm that- married,
1: so I watch The Bachelor on Monday. <laughs> Real Housewives? I, I, I have my girl. I'm already in The Bachelor. I have mine picked out. My wife has hers picked out. I watch a lot of HGTV. Yeah. Christmas time is fantastic on the Hallmark channel because you get these two-hour... One- Gets you in the Christmas oh, spirit. Oh my gosh, my wife loves it.
0: <laughs> have you seen the special on HBO
1: with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban? Um, well, I also watched the one with Bill Belichick and his mentor, which was... Um, uh, Bill Parcells, Barcells. yeah. Where they did the, the Bill and Bill thing. Oh, my freaking God. If you like Parcells, that, you're going to like this. Oh my! Bill Parcells is that guy that he comes into the freaking Jets who are 1-15. Yeah. Tell me about it. The next year, they're in the freaking playoff. Tell me winning organizations don't start at the top. And I'll tell you he, that's not Because he simply came in with, I can guarantee, 80% of the same personnel. Oh, yeah. And he turns them into winners. Yeah. And then he creates these, he becomes the Bobby Knight of the, the football world, uh, Bell Parcells. Out of them, you have the Shanahan's, you have... Oh, I Bo- mean, Belichick. Sh- Sh- out of Bobby Knight, you have Shashevsky you have Bayheim, you have all these students that came out from underneath them. That's what I... Every day I wake up in the morning, I want to be a Belichick. I want to be a Bobby Knight. I want to be yeah. these people that out from underneath them bore these disciples, not of your... You know, cult. <laughs> yeah, right. But just of the culture. That yeah, then, yeah. To your people. But
0: the, 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 what was interesting is that these two guys are both Belichick and Saban are both um, Croatian, for yeah. whatever that matters. But they're also good friends who actually have similar ways of thinking, which was, you know, do your job. And they have different ways of teaching everybody and putting the right position player in the right. You know, and I'm I,
1: okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, and
0: I'm a believer. Look, Brady. I don't. I don't. Now, all this talk about Brady going that's to turn this into a sports talk radio show, but. Brady possibly go into the Chargers or to... Number one, if I'm him, I'm good. I'm not even the highest-paid person in my house. I can go home. But I don't know that those systems can... That he's good enough to be in that system. I think he needs to be in a system that's
1: built well, well, and massaged around him. It's
0: similar to when we talk about the boys. It's
1: not a sports thing, but you know, sports analogies are fantastic. Um, I think with his skill set today that he might have had 10 years ago, he's not the same player. Right. Which means that you know he needs to be a system that works well with his skills. The all same right. thing. Even uh, 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 Peyton Manning yeah. wins the Super Bowl in his final year, I can guarantee I could have thrown a ball potentially better than Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, I that was oh yeah, he, he used was that. horrible. Yeah, it's a great defense. Yeah, In an offense that could get the job done, but. He still won because of the leadership he brought to that. They knew when they got in that huddle, and they needed to drive. You know, Peyton Manning couldn't throw the ball past ten yards without yeah. being like a duck. Right. They knew that he was going to make that team better than they were really were with him. So, but you know, but
0: to your point before, and just we're going to wrap up here because I know you and I could have already been talking for several hours today. But this, what they said was, I have more. <laughs> they have they more. said, well, that podcast is coming, right? That's a different <laughs> exactly. conversation. That's but this afternoon. The the the. What they said was that Belichick is the only coach in the NFL who would go to Saban and say, who, what is he like on campus?
1: What's he like in the classroom?
0: Like, I, I, I can I, see I, he's I the fastest guy. They, yeah. they,
1: they had a recruit. They were looking like it back in, in high school. Yeah. And they didn't care They cared about stats. How's he hitting and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. With. What they cared about is how did he greet his mother in the parking lot after the high school game? Yeah. They were looking at that freaking shit because that tells you what...
0: It's movie. a really cool... It's a really great documentary because he yeah, also I tells a story that like he went against his god on like Gronkowski because when they brought him in for his pro day, he fell asleep in the room. When he, so there was a couple things that he saw, but in general it was not just so similar to our conversation before. I don't care where you played or what your stats were at the other restaurant and how many units you Randy ran. Randy Moss,
1: I don't care how good you are. You're just another guy on the team now. Yeah, right. And you better fit into our system and you know what? We're going to get a couple Super Bowls for you. Yeah, before how about that trade-off? How about that, Randy? Yeah,
0: so that, in terms of building culture, I, I, I've, I've mentioned that before on social media, and I'm a Giants fan, so I love the fact that we beat Belichick, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a, there was a lot of parallels to be made there in any business, and I think just in talking to you about the restaurant and in your philosophy on who they are as people and how they can work in your organization, it, it, it's... The more I delve into these podcasts that I'm listening to or movies or or documentaries that I'm watching, that is the consistent messages and all is, can these people fit in your organization as human beings, not just as cooks, managers, dishwashers, bartenders, hosts, but as human beings. Absolutely. So um, wrapping up here, tell everybody about what you got going on, where they can find you on social if that's your thing, or?
1: I'm in the beginning stages of kind of just uh, building a brand. Yeah. Um, you know, I've 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 had um, thirty years in the business world of just um, fantastic experiences and devastating losses and 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 things that um, and people who have come into my life and 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 and, and changed um, and 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 added and and provided uh, opportunities for me and and I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but it's like. I have a story to tell that it's, it's, um, it's emotional. It's, it, it's, it it's exciting to be able to pass on the things that I've been had, uh, gifted to me to be able to pass that gift on. Right. And, 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 you know, I, I know that there's, there's a market for real, genuine, not scripted. You know, when I give a presentation, I might have some notes, but I'm not following a script. I'm yeah. following, I'm following the, the, the direction that the, the audience and, and, and the customers is taking me on. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, your stories might be received very differently based on a different crowd. Are you talking to a bunch of Wall Street people or are you talking to a bunch of human resource managers? Right, but They look at things completely different. One's right. an analytical, one's a passionate emotion. And yeah. you can tell that same story. So right now it's it's, it's um, getting out in as many opportunities as I can to, to spread the word of mike Knapp. all right so keep keep the, your eyes out right? I, I, that's I, the, I love it i can't wait to um to have another opportunity to to do this with you this is fantastic yeah and I, I
0: think i think that you know that's what people are going to learn from is your your authentic experience and i think uh i appreciate you flying out here wow. to meet me and um i'm gonna buy you that beer i promise well, you shazam. <laughs> <to> ask, so. <laughs> thanks mike i appreciate no have the great time day, bud. take care uh, later on All right, guys. Thanks for checking out episode 13. I hope you learned a lot and picked up on some of that um, passionate energy I was talking about that Mike has. Um, He is a fantastic dude. He actually flew out from Michigan to kind of hang with me and record the podcast. So uh, truly a dedicated guy. And there's going to be a lot more coming from uh, Mike and myself in the future. Um, So I wanted to thank you for listening. And also, please, please, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, give us a rating, um, and uh, just kind of let us know what you think. It would be greatly appreciated. All right. Good luck out there. Enjoy running your business. It is truly one of the best businesses in the world. And make sure you stay tuned here and hit me up on Instagram if you think You need to uh, talk about anything regarding your business. All right, guys. Have a great day. Take care. Bye.